Hello, everybody. It's Carl Anthony here. Your mind can be a better place. And today it's podcast number 11. Today I'm talking to the great Florence Bray. Hello, Florence. How are you keeping? Hello, Carl. I'm delighted to be on here today. Thank you. Great, great to see you, Florence. Thank yeah, you. Not at all. And for anybody uh, who may know, I know Florence most of my life, probably since I was about eight, nine, ten years of age. And uh, I've, you know, had the pleasure of seeing you in the training room and helping you, you know, start your career. So I want to be becoming a very you know, talented hypnotist that you are today. So uh, I'm delighted to be talking to you, Florence. I really am. Great. Thanks, Carl. I'm delighted to be talking to you. Good. Well, look, for anybody out here who doesn't know you, Florence, I just want to talk to you about your understanding of, you know, the mind and, you know, emotional stuff like that. So I have a few questions here. So can you just tell the listeners there, Florence, what is your background? Well, my background, Carl, as you know me, I grew up in Dublin and I had great parents. I was part of a family of four of us siblings and I was number three. I would have been um, a quiet child whilst I was secure enough in myself, but um, went through school and uh, came out the other, taught I'd never get out of school, didn't really like school. Um, Looking back on it, I probably um, saw leaving school as um, an escape to get out into the real world, as I used to think, to start working. And um, in those days, you left school and you went out and you got a job and you, you know, we saved, I got um, met my now husband, Alan, who um, we met very young and then we got married very yeah. young, which was the, the, the thing of the day, you know, yeah. and we bought a house and we got into the, all the responsibility of that. Um, very young. Yeah, yeah, which is a good thing too, isn't it? I mean, you can enjoy these years now. Great, <laughs> because this end of the scale, it's even better because you've done all the things that other, you know, yeah. people are doing at a much older age. But however, you know, we, 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 you know, we muddled through, let's say, with, with mortgages and at a very young age. And then we, we came out and um, we had our children youngish as well, you know, quite yeah. young, actually, I suppose. Yeah. And then we have grandchildren now, which is great. So that's yeah. my background. My background was nothing to do with hypnosis, as you will know. It was yeah. all to do with working, office work, get the money, get the wages, pay the mortgage, keep your head above water and struggle along. Yeah, and that's true. And, you know, when you say that, Florence, just makes me think, you know, about people today, you know, it's nearly impossible to get married young, you know, or have a house and save up to have a house. It's nearly impossible to get a house, I'm sorry. But, you yeah. know, it's and people are just, get, you know, they're meeting up later, you know, they're having children later, you know, yes. and uh, it's it's quite across the board now when you see it, you know, even myself, yeah. you know, yeah. I treat beautiful children. Uh, that you go back to 21 years to, to 10, you know, so it's an incredible thing. But, you know, you can see people, you know, because of the struggles out there, it's much harder to, you know, get a job that will pay you well enough to, you know, if you're renting, you have to pay that and then try to save for a mortgage. And it's very, very oh, difficult. Listen, I, I don't know how they struggle and how they navigate through it all. It's just, um, yeah. it, you know, it's I think it's a different world. It's a more difficult world, but maybe that's in hindsight an older mind looking back um i don't really know but yeah. i think it's a big big struggle for young people now can i ask you Florence? you know because when you said there about hating school that's something that resonates with me quite strongly and i hated it with a passion not because i didn't want to be educated or i didn't um agree with it. it wasn't about that it was purely the system itself and you know the value i felt inside myself was quite low you know yes. and uh suffering with social anxiety and even depression when i look back you know and just felt no good inside, you know. And for me, it didn't matter whether the school or anything. I just wasn't fit for purpose at that stage with my own yeah. confidence. You know, what, what was it you didn't like about school? 
Well, I um, changed school three times because my parents moved house three times. And I do think that had an impact on me. Um, when I was about six, I think six, seven, I think we changed the first time. And then I went into a school where I knew nobody. But I, I, I had a lovely friend and I, I, you know, sat beside her every day and she lived around the corner and we had a great connection. And then when I was around 13 or 14, mom and dad moved again. They were always looking, you know, to better themselves and stuff. And um, we moved again and I was thrown into like what we know as secondary school now in halfway through a first year. So I, I didn't know anybody. Yeah. And I was at a very vulnerable age. That's a vulnerable age to be yeah. um, in a, a, an unknown place where mm. you don't know, you know, mm. your head from your elbow. And it's that horrible, it's that horrible, it's that horrible feeling of rejection, isn't it? Not, yeah. you know, not fitting in or not being wanted. It's. I remember being in school one of the days, a very early in that time in that class, and actually crying to myself yeah. about it, and I felt really sad about. It. But I still met some nice friends, mm. and so I suppose I just thought if I could get out of school and get work, and I would feel better. Yeah, I totally agree. And it was the same process for myself. And again, you know, it's purely down to my emo my emotional state rather than what I was yeah. being taught. You know, it's very hard to learn when you're suffering with anxiety, you know, because yeah. you can't keep up. You know, you're trying to keep up with everything being written on the board. And the more you can't keep up with, the more anxious you're getting and the more anxious you're getting, the more you can't focus, you know. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, you know, and I think and that I wasn't interested in what was being written on the board. I my, my thing was I would have loved like the English class and I. I had a lovely teacher in that first year and she said to me one day you've great ideas and when you put them down on paper it's great and I remember thinking wow hmm. I didn't even know I had that yeah. and I thought that built up my confidence so yeah well she gave you some value it's good isn't it gave value. <laughs> yes exactly okay so do you mind me asking you Florence again and you don't have to go into details of yourself but have you ever <clears throat> experienced like emotional stress or you know your own emotional challenges in life yeah well, just talking about them there, coming from school, in in jobs, um, I wouldn't have really been seeing myself. I wanted, I knew there was something more inside of me, but how to get further on or better myself, I just didn't know how to do it. Um, my parents were great. My mom and dad, my dad in particular, would build you up and say, "Oh, you're amazing and you're fantastic," but there was still there was still a you know a, a feeling inside that I didn't think I was as good as everybody else, but yeah. I used to pretend I was. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it served you well. <laughs> yeah, I did. I used to pretend to the outside world, but I knew inside there was a little bit more learning. You know, we think, I think we think when we leave school, that's, well, I did, that's the end of the learning. You just get in now and start um, working. So I, um, I would have then had my children and been at home. I was a stay at home mum. I was always, you know, dabbling in something, but stay at home, essentially. I wanted to, I always made up my mind. I wanted to be at home for the boys and be there for them. But um, when I came I remember when I was about, um, I can't remember, they were they were quite young and I went back to work for a sh short time and I was kind of like a fish out of water. Yeah. I didn't know how to, you know, keep up with all the systems. I didn't know how to, I was, I was office work again and yeah. I didn't even like it, but yeah. I, I could see a way of, you know, that I could make some money and maybe it would tap me into something else. But I, I felt kind of down on myself. I didn't, I didn't have a, a, a real good feeling about myself like you you said the value yeah. of myself was value great. yeah yeah it's a very important thing because you know i know virtually everybody listening to this mp3 right now our podcast will have experienced this if not if they're not experiencing it right now That's you right. know it's a very common uh feeling you know i always say and you know we 
have this conversation at offline is that you know it's nice to have a lot of money it's nice to have you know a nice house and a nice car but that doesn't mean you're emotionally happy you know and uh, you know for me emotional value is the greatest thing of all because what it is it's uh, you work into your optimal performance and everything you do everything you know because you have value inside you know and uh, that's something I struggle with you know me as a younger teenager and you know me you know yes. 21 and you, I couldn't even talk to you you know and it wasn't that I didn't have anything to say it's just that no matter what I was about to say I felt it would have been silly laughed at yeah. or I would have bored you or you know so I'd never really and you would have given off an impression of being different not so much that you hadn't got value in yourself or that you were shy it was like you give off a different vibe to people yeah or people perceive you to be different yeah. well, you're, they... you're sort of tormented on the inside all the time because yeah. it's not something yeah. that happens once it's, it's there all the time you know yeah. it's like everything you do you know and uh, for me you know I had two friends that I always had a small group of friends because that was safer than having lots of people because then there's more chance of being, you know, rejected and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I only had two friends. Were they the right friends for me? Probably not. Was I the right friend for them? Probably not. But we matched, you know, and we, were, we all had a common bond because we all felt no good. <laughs> so, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. I always look at people, young people like that. They're just muddling along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're not, yeah not living really, you know, because, you know, yeah. living, you know, I, I see it myself and, you know, if you are uneasy spending time by yourself without any distractions, there's an issue inside you, you know, because what it means is your mind isn't comfortable with your own thoughts or your own feelings. So what it does is pick up my phone, you know, and I go onto Facebook for two hours and, you know, or I switch on the TV or, uh, you know, I do something which distracts me from the reality of, of what's yeah, happening yeah. inside, you know. Yeah, yeah. But Florence, can I ask you, you know, because again, I, I know the work you do. I've seen the success of your sessions. I've seen the testimonials. And uh, but can I ask you, you know, what made you decide that you wanted to help others? Because the reason I want to ask you that is because it's a similar question to when I asked myself. I wasn't capable of helping myself at one time. <laughs> so what was in within you that you'd felt that, you know, was this your calling? Like, did this really excite you when you had this understanding? Yeah, I actually want to help people. Is um, there I for me, it was, I think there was always a little part of me that wanted to help myself, but knew I, I wanted to and enjoyed helping others. But I, when I enrolled to do my course in the hypnotherapy in the Institute with yourself, Carl, I just went out of curiosity. I was saying, maybe this is something I had been interested in hypnosis and I had a few little books and I'd read, gone to the library. It was at that, in those day and age, yeah, yeah. in that day and age. And I, said oh my god maybe you could change something but I was trying different things and I said no this is not working but I went on that day on that weekend it was an intro intro yeah. um uh to hypno hypnotherapy I don't know whether you still run them or not but they're oh, amazing yeah. 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 yeah absolutely yeah. you do yeah. yeah and I went on that day it was a Saturday I'll always remember I sat in the class and I said I was quite nervous and I remember we had to talk, but just say a little bit about ourselves. And I remember the girl beside, the lady beside me was a lady who had been all over the world and she was so interesting and she said all the things about herself. <laughs> and I said, oh my God, she, it's going to need me now. And what have I done? You know, and I said a few little things about myself and I felt quite nervous and I probably undervalued again. Yeah. And around the room it went and I walked out of that on that day after that training and I said, this is what I want to do. There was a light bulb. You know, we talk about light bulbs. Yeah. That light bulb was shining so bright because you yourself as the trainer in the room did a very small, slight session 
just showed me how the mind can work and how you can change it. And I said, well, if this can work for me. Yeah, fine. I was out the door, I was home. I was starting to practice on my, <laughs> anybody that stood still, I thought this is life changing. If it's well, life changing for me, it can change for life for other people. Well, we all know you must have been practicing on Alan, your husband, because he, he's nonstop painting that house. He doesn't have <laughs> So I can see how you've been using hypnosis on Alan all Very these easy. Yeah. <laughs> and even it changes the people. And as you actually tip on to that, it changes perception of people around you as well without making it yeah. such, you know, I was pulling them in and saying, stand there for a minute, let me practice this. But, you, you know, you're talking in a different way. Your your yeah. your um, your your perception of life is different. So it ripples out into people yeah. that you do love. and. What, was, it, was it because you know because i know <clears throat> excuse me i know on that weekend we uh we you know do talk about the mind and how it works and how we end up with anxiety depression but more importantly how it is possible to resolve these issues was it was it when you got that understanding it gave you sort of oh, a sense of freedom inside yourself going i can't oh my god it was like yeah, somebody yeah. took two big weights off my shoulder and said okay you can do this and i thought oh my god i can do so much more i knew there was something yeah. But I couldn't find it myself. It was too difficult to find myself. So I just needed the direction of the session to help me to yeah. find that. And there was quite a lot of fear inside of me as well. It's like what I said when it went around the room and the person beside me was talking and I was comparisonitis, I call it. Yeah, and yeah. I was comparing <laughs> myself to somebody else. And I was going, I don't need to do that anymore. I've got it all inside of me. All I need to do now is work through yeah. and find the way of helping myself and then I can help others. So... That was oh. a good session, wasn't it, Florence? I don't think I charged you for that today. No, no, I think I still owe you for that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't worry. And it's a, it's a great thing you said there, you know, because, you know, and again, this will resonate with so many people listening to this, that, you know, comparing themselves to others, you know, it's what people do all the time, you know, it's like, yeah, we value ourselves against other people or what they do or, you know, how they, you know, uh, live through their life. And we try to, you know, replicate that. And you can see it too, you know, a lot of younger people trying to, you know, emulate their heroes and, and it's yeah. quite an incredible thing, you know, and no, it's no judgment on younger people, but, you know, when you see them, you know, covering up their own beauty with fake, you know, lashes and nails. And again, I know any younger people listen to this, you probably will not like that. That's okay. But I'm coming from an older time, but, you know, like everybody's beautiful, but maybe we've been programmed just to look at a certain type of person who is beautiful, you know, but yes. it doesn't yeah. mean everybody's not beautiful. You know, everybody's beautiful. You couldn't not be beautiful, you know, be, but what I'm trying to say is that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there is a lot of programming that goes on through the media and, you know, the news and Hollywood and all these sort of things that get us to think a certain way or to focus on a certain thing that they call beautiful. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and yeah. apart from it even being outside in the outside world, it can come from within your home as well, yeah. from yeah. where you're, you're being reared or, or uh, family or parents or, you know, a sibling or whatever. You, you can yeah. kind of uh, be trying to be somebody else in order yeah. maybe to impress them or... Yeah. Again, looking for value. Yeah. Looking for value, value all mm -hmm. the time. Looking yeah, for value. You know, and it's an amazing thing, you know, and again, it's not, it's all a conversation we'll have today, go deep down into this stuff, but you know, just for six, seven years in life are the most essential of all. And, you know, the people who bring you up, you know, it's, you know, in that environment, you know, it's nobody's fault, but in that environment, it is possible that if the child perceives their reality in a negative way or yeah. negative things are said, and it could be the simplest thing that's said that will last a lifetime in your, in your mind. Lifetime, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's where your foundation starts. You know, that's where, you know, the source of virtually all your problems lie in that first six, seven years. And that's what we specialize in, you know, the, the, yeah. root, the root cause, you know, yes. because uh, everybody else out there know this respect, but a lot of people out in, you know, mental health, the 
and again, down to their ability and their training, it leads them to work with the conscious mind, you know, or the symptom of the cause, which is fine, you know, and it does give some help. But if you really want to remove something from your life that, like you said yourself on that day in the, in the training room, you walked out going, I have a direction, I know. And it just changed your whole belief system in that yeah. day, you know, but it is possible to do that for panic and anxiety and depression and everything. So, you know, if anybody out there has any mental challenges that they've been trying for years and years and years to try to help themselves with and they can't, really what you need to do <clears throat> is focus on the root cause, you know. Yes. Um, and a lot of people that will come in to us in the clinics will come in to me in my clinic and in NACE would be people that have been through the other systems. Yeah. And, you know the the um all sorts of of modalities to get the help and they no pressure they'll sit on the chair and they'll say sorry you're my last hope and yeah yeah and i and i know what you mean you know you even get people and um you know they're probably terrified of hypnosis but they're so desperate for help that they'll actually come and see a hypnotist <laughs> and the only by the way people the only reason they're terrified of hypnotists they don't understand it that's the only reason but, yeah but yeah. for us it's one it's particular man that comes to mind that came to me for um quit smoking actually he came to me for and he was he, he was almost he was so tall and so he was quite broad man as well and he was almost tipping the ceiling he was that yeah. big towards me standing up talking to him you know and he said I'm so nervous and he was shaking yeah. and I said well what brought you to me and he said I don't know why I'm here yeah. he said I'm so terrified but I just want to quit smoking if I don't quit smoking my health is going to be affected it is affected as it is but um, so when we had our chat and I explained the what hypnosis really is, you know, the fear, half of the fear was taken away. You know, yeah, he wasn't well, shaking anymore. He wasn't let's, rattling. Let's let's talk about those fears, because a lot of people out there, you know, as much as they might think, oh, God, that's interesting, but I wouldn't go to hypnotist. Yes, it's purely the fairly unknown, isn't it? You know, will I, you know, will I lose all my control? And, you know, the funny thing about that is that we are dedicated to help you find your control that you've lost. That's why you're with us. You know, it's not about taking it away. Now, if we're doing a bit of entertainment on a stage or messing like that, yeah, we'll take your control away. That's fun. But, you know, in a clinical setting, you're coming in to help we're there to help you get back your control so yeah. control over depression control over anxiety or addiction or whatever it may be you know um and again they're they're quite severe things but it could be confidence value anger bereavement it's anything because what the mind fear uh, of change even yeah yeah well you see once the mind processes what it, that suggests is that it is you know it is possible to help change or remove the symptoms you know either to the cause um can i ask you where did you do your training? Just for anybody out there who might be interested um, or inspired from what you're saying, Florence, where did you do your training? Well, I trained with um, the Institute of Clinical Hypnotherapy with yourself in Dublin. Yeah, that's right. Okay. In those days, it was um, in person. In person. Yeah. So um, I uh, qualified and I left the Institute on my final day of training and I opened my clinic. Wow. in Nace in Kildare so that's going back about um I think 12 13 years yeah ago. yeah yes. okay wow. making me feel old now <laughs> online sorry yeah. so you're making me feel old now and you say that 13 years ago <laughs> <Not me. laughs> <laughs> it's hard to believe yes yeah. so I trained with the institute with yourself and I have never looked back and I would I've sent many people to you as you know that yeah. recommend the institute on many occasions, people will come in and they say, oh, you know, where did you train? Or were you born with this gift? That's a lot. Yeah. Of, 
people yeah. will ask you this question were you yeah. born with this gift no i had to learn my trade like we yeah. learn a lot of other things i had yeah. to go deep inside of myself and heal myself and mm. experience that then to realize that i can help other people yeah fantastic isn't it, isn't it? brilliant and so yeah. can you tell me um what can be achieved Lawrence? so from your experience and you've worked with you know thousands of people like myself yeah and you've seen, you know, for many different ailments, you know, everything from, you know, the strangest of uh, sessions, like mine, one of my strangest sessions ever was a lady with the fear of onions, you know, and uh, which, you know, people might laugh at, but, you know, it was no different than somebody having a fear of the spiders, you know, uh, yes. if she seen the onion, she started having anxiety, you know, started shaking and sweaty palms. So, you know, there was a cause to that, you know, I won't go into, you know, but it's for another day, but, you know, what, what can be achieved, Florence, with what you do? or the, pe the people, what can you help them with? Okay, well, probably most people know about quit smoking. Hmm. You know, um, my husband, Alan, gave up quit smoking years ago with hypnosis. So that was kind of what piqued my interest in it. Then I've helped people with, which I've done a lot of sessions, <laughs> yeah. quit smoking over the years. Um, weight loss is another big one that people will know about. Yeah. Um, I know my own mom and sister years ago went to... Um, for hypnosis for weight loss and I was you know I was quite young I was the youngest there and I was going what what's that all about you yeah. know I didn't understand it and um, there's obviously there's anxiety is a huge um uh one that I work with depression fears of all sorts of things relationship mm. people have so much stuff with relationship so it all starts again within themselves the relationship that you can have with yourself is the most important relationship that you can ever have so um, I love to work with people with relationship issues because it usually is a problem with themselves, like the value or the, the um, they don't um, see themselves as being worthwhile, maybe going in, not not only in a romantic relationship, but maybe a relationship with a parent or a sibling or yeah. seeing themselves in a relationship, even in a, in a social aspect. Mm. Social anxiety is huge for people. They don't see themselves as being having something to bring to the table worthwhile maybe yeah. if they're out in a social when we get out again in, in this world yeah. but even yeah. online you know yeah. people have a low uh, expectation or, or uh, view of the perception of themselves yeah. online yeah yeah it's nearly like you know well for me when i go back you know thinking of the younger years you know you spent nearly all your day trying to you know justify why you felt so bad you know you're looking for things why i was no good you're looking for reasons you know and yeah. uh because wrong or yeah or yeah but you're you know I, I actually convinced myself at one stage that i was born wrong and something happened to me you know because my mother told me and i don't know whether it's true or not but she told me that i was born seven times not i came in and out seven times but my head seemingly came out and back in seven times and it's a funny thing you know but uh, i don't know whether that's true or not or she's just you know winding me up i don't know but i always remember as a child thinking to myself you know because everybody else seemed to be perfect their whole life seems to be perfect you know everybody yeah just you know good enough but i wasn't so i used to i used to you know ponder go you know was i when i was born or when i was being made inside you know did something go yeah. wrong and that's that's yes. what, that's what i actually thought you know because i didn't it's understand amazing, amazing the way our perception of things even as you young person the way hmm. we can look at it you know i remember my dad used to say to me oh you were the smallest of them all and you were you're you're a little dot he used to call me a little dot so i grew up thinking i'll never be big i'll never be i'll never be overweight and yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's amazing the way that logs into your mind well i have the same story um my name being carl my father being german he thought it was a good idea when i was like three four five which 
in fairness, I was huge. I didn't know it until we were actually looking at photographs of my sisters one day there a couple of years ago. And uh, but he used to call me Carl the Barrel, you know, and oh, I think yeah, I siblings did as well. And it was funny, you know, when I look back, yeah, it's very funny. But to me, it was like the worst thing that could ever happen. But I remember I can never understand why they called me, but I've been slim all my life, the same as yourself. I've never yeah. I won't. My mind won't be, allow me to put on lots of weight because oh. of I have this horrible, uncomfortable feeling when I put on a stone, you know, yeah. and uh, even after Christmas there, I put on a bit, you know, probably half a stone of stone and I felt dreadful inside, you know, and I just changed a couple of things and I'm back to normal again. But the whole point is I was up with my sisters there a couple of years ago. I'm looking through photographs. I think it was after my mum died. And this photograph came out of this fat baby. He was huge. <laughs> He's about three years of age. It was me. And I was, look, I was shocked. Really? I never, I'd never seen the photograph before. I'd never, and I can't even imagine you've been... Well, you know, I think it was, I think it was a motherly love for me, mother's breast milk, uh, mainly, you know, but yeah. I, I was huge, you know, and uh, when I look back, I went, heck, and I was Carl DeBarre, you know, and then I understood yes. it. But yes. in, those, yeah. in those earlier years, though, to me, it was like, you know, it was the worst thing you could say, you know, because not only was I feeling like a failure inside or not good enough, and now people were confirming it for me. <laughs> yeah. And nobody, no, no, nobody's fault, of course, but that's not how I perceived it. And that's what this is all about. It's how you perceive your reality. This is the most important thing. It's not whether it's true or false yes. yeah. or whether anybody had any bad intentions or not. Yeah. Unfortunately, some people do have experiences where they've had bad intentional you know, yeah. things said to them. Yeah. But um, but it doesn't have to be. It's just our perception and how we see ourselves and how we we mm. react to that. And, you know, things being said to you quite young. Mm. And so um, a good sign of that is, you know, if anybody's out there and somebody pays you a compliment and you feel really awkward, that's a sign that it's not matching the value inside you, you know, because uh, now if you were valued inside and somebody said you're a great person, you go, thank you, <laughs> you know, um, but for most of us, especially the Irish as well, I think, and, you know, <laughs> maybe not just the Irish, but when I was growing up, it's quite common that, you know, if somebody gave us a compliment, it was nearly like, I, uh, I mean, we'd actually uh, undermine yeah. the compliment. We say, yeah, but. Uh, somebody helped me do that or you know especially the ladies nice dress i bought it in pennies you know yes. all of your hair all got a special example. Offer. Yeah. i got a special offer in peter marks so it won't be you know it won't be like oh yeah thank you my hair thank is. you and accept it yeah yeah <laughs> you know, or there so, would have been a famous saying when we were growing up you know don't get too big for your boots yeah um you know all these things can they're all constructs exactly and you're dead right you know uh like time is a healer i've never heard now if you told me that 20 odd years ago i believe you but being a hypnotist and professional hypnotist like yourself i know and you know that is the biggest lie you ever could be told time will heal it won't heal it will distract you it will, you'll have time distortion it won't feel the same way 10 years later as it did when it happened but it's still inside it hasn't gone anywhere yeah yes. that's when people are you know wondering why am i drinking so much why am i eating so much food and it all comes down to this trapped emotion that has never been released you know and this is, you know, addiction, it, it all comes down to the same source, you know, and uh, and that's that's an incredible thing. Florence, can you give us a case study for just an example of, say, somebody came to you for a certain thing and you did a session. Can you just run us through a case study? How, what, how we do, how we oh, structure exactly. the session. They could have come into you for anxiety or panic or depression, but something that sticks in your mind, like a, a recent case study or somebody you worked with in the clinic, maybe. Yes, surely. Um, in the clinic, in person, yeah, working with clients, I remember there was a lady came in to me and she had um, she had come really well up in her career and she had um, she was in medical kind of uh, background and she'd done really, really well. 
and she came in and um, she said, I want to lose weight. And um, she'd about two, two stone, two and a half stone to lose. And we broke down um, how she felt about herself. And she was part of, she was a, an only child in, in the family. And her both her parents were, were you know, in the medical uh, field as well. And we chatted and we had a good, we do as we do, as you do with the clients, we do a very good intake. So we had to find out what was behind putting on two stone. And um, she said she had lost two stone already before she even came into me. So yeah. weight was always an issue for her. So when we chatted and talked and, and uncovered, there was a lot of stuff about being lonely in her life. Mm -hmm. um as um an only child one thing but it was more that her she was um she was always being farmed out as she called it that's how she described it to yeah. relations and people to mind her and take care of her and she always felt that she didn't have um you know recognition in with yeah. her own mom and dad because they didn't have time for her yeah. but I think her dad was a surgeon like there was so many different reasons for her but when we broke it down it was not when she when she realized it wasn't about necessarily the food she was eating why was she eating them why was she drinking why was she snacking all the time she was eating foods so that she was driving along in the car to work there was an, a whole emptiness inside yeah. of her yeah. So when we resolved that, and as we do in the sessions, we ran a few sessions with her. I think we did something up to about five sessions, five, mm -hmm. six sessions. Yeah. And when we resolved that, that was her light bulb moment. She said, I didn't realize I was ever lonely in my life. I didn't realize there was um, that feeling there that needed to be filled with all of these foods and these drinks. Yeah. That she realized, she said, I actually don't even think medical is, is my background at all. She says, I think I only went into that field to um, to actually please my parents again. Mm -hmm. So she said, I can see that there's a whole world out there that she was quite young. She was, yeah. you know, she was ready to, to do to make different changes. Mm -hmm. So the the weight was just an aspect for her. That was just her, you know, her. Yeah. One of the things that the, eating the food was filling that void that was inside of her. Like an, an emotional emptiness inside. An emotional emptiness, yeah. a loneliness, a sadness. And you can see it, can't you? You know, as a young child, you know. Quite upset in the first session. I remember when she actually that realized. realized well, it's a beautiful that. thing, though, isn't it? At that moment of uh, realization is an, a powerful thing. It really, and for me in my life too, it happened a couple of times. But that moment of realization can change your life from that moment onwards. And, you know, for anybody out there thinking, you know, well, so what? So she was, you know, sent off to her auntie or uncle. But you got to remember, up to the age of six or seven, we don't have a conscious mind. So we're living in a state of suggestibility. You know, we're very suggestible. So little words or little situations uh, can they can hurt us, you know, and stay with us forever. So for her, I can see it. You know, she probably constantly felt rejected, passed yes. over here, passed over there, passed, passed over, here. over there, and and there was other children in the other families. So she felt she was on the outside. So she yeah. never really fit in and never yeah. valued herself. Felt lost, I bet you. You know, lost. lost. Yeah, yeah. Lost that's very common for people out there. And again, it doesn't have to be weight. Maybe her thing was, you know, there's oh, a yeah. conscious need to, for fulfillment, but she was using food. Now some people use alcohol. It's back to the relationship again, yeah. doesn't it, with ourselves? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it all comes back to you. See, there's a cause to everything. You know, um, we're born with two fears: heights and loud sounds other than that everything else is learned, learned. You know? and yeah. uh, you know you're not born with anxiety you're not born with uh fear of not being good enough you have to learn these things yes. you know and uh, that will happen in the first six seven years of your life you know and uh 
you know, you might be great for 10 years and then you have a trigger, which is very similar to how you felt when you were five. And then the whole thing opens up again, bang, and you're, yeah. and you're back in, you know, yeah. state of depression or hurt or anger or loss, you know, it's incredible. Yes. And that trigger can come out of, out of the blue. Yeah. And we, we don't actually, you know, speaking from personal experience, we don't relate it back to no. how we felt. We just say, oh, well, that was, that just happened. And that's, and people come in all the time and they'll tell us, this is what made me feel, you know, anxious. I had an experience in work where my boss pulled pulled me up on something or said, yeah. you know, embarrassed me in front or I was making a, a, a presentation and I got, I stumbled when I was trying to get the words out. We don't realise that can go back to school, that can go back to being uh, speaking as, as a child to a, another grown-up person. Well, the listeners uh, might be surprised to hear that the number one fear that human beings have in life is public speaking. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, fear of debt is third. Fear of heights is second. Now, when you think about that, now debt is a bit off, we hope. So we're not too worried about that right now. But we're so we're more afraid of standing up and being rejected than the thoughts of dying. And it comes back to the first six, seven years, because most of us have been in a situation where, you know, we probably were made stand up in the classroom, try to spell something on the board. And maybe we got it wrong. Maybe we stuttered a little bit or maybe the teacher got angry with us or humiliated us or laughed at us. So, laughed, yeah. yeah, in that moment, um, that can then create what we call a cause to the future. So, as you say, you can go 20 years without realizing you have a fear of speaking in public until your boss says, I want you to do a presentation. Then you fall apart and you don't know why. Um, and then, you know, all the times you felt not good enough comes back. Now you're being, I've just proven to the world I'm a failure. You know, it's, it's, it's tough, you know. Florence, you know, what's the state of mental health, do you think, in Ireland? Um, what do you think is out there for people? Or are you concerned about the rising, you know, number? Very concerned, yeah. Very concerned about the situation that we're in right now because people are suffering more than they've ever suffered. There's always been the, the, the anxiety that people have had, but now we're, we're looking at it on a completely different level. This is a, a situation with COVID situation and people can't, you know, they can't voice and say what they want to say. They're hiding behind masks. They're afraid to step out of um, what we're being told to do right now. We're afraid of the future. The children, the young people are seeing a different world. You know, that's, that's that's opening up for them that we didn't we had at least the freedom to run around and run in and out to the next door neighbor and you know yeah. now it's oh can I go to you know it, there's a fear grasping people and it's going to you know it, it, it it's just it's it's, something waiting to explode it's you know and yeah it's worrying isn't it like hairs in my neck are standing up when you said that because you know before this you know pandemic um there was a tsunami of mental health issues anyway and yes. now it's it's tenfold, you know, because we're social creatures, we're animals, you know, we we're like, well, I always say to clients, we're like rats and cows, we like to live in herds, just safety yes. in numbers, you know, safety. that's where we get our safety yeah, from, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but, you know, so we need social connection, you know, we need to talk to people, we need to touch people's shoulders, and we need that connection, physical and emotional, you know, because... Yeah. The thing about it is you can't separate your emotions from your physical body. People think that the brain and the body are two completely different things. It's the one thing. So every thought you have will have a physical response in your body. So if you're constantly thinking negatively, you will poison yourself. You'll get sick because your body will lead, live in a state of dis-ease. The opposite of ease is disease, which put the two words together, you get disease. Um, you know, and you can't separate your emotions from your relationships. You know, so now we're looking at children who, you know, can't play with each other, you know, 
it's uh people are all judging people you know and as you say yourself everybody is complying and it comes back to those uh the fear of being rejected you know so people are probably wearing masks they don't want to but they're wearing them i'm not saying they should or shouldn't yeah but what i'm saying is that you know there's a lot of people wearing them because not because they want to wear them but they fear of being judged by other people for not wearing them you know um the one thing i will say though uh, anybody out there that as a hypnotist florence <clears throat> I know, and you know, how hypnosis works, okay? How does it work? Well, there's three different ways you can program somebody's brain. One is a hypnotist, okay? Um, the second one is through repetition of a suggestion, okay? So you constantly repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again. It will become a belief, okay? Especially when it's delivered from so-called experts. Now, that's what a stage hypnotist does. That's what I do in a clinic. You know, we come in, we are the expert in what we're doing with hypnosis, you know, and when we hypnotize people, we relax the conscious mind to a point where we can bypass our judgment for their benefit. But what I'm trying to say to you is that television is one of the biggest, mm -hmm. is the best hypnosis I know of. Yeah. And it was designed for that purpose. You know, think of it, break the word down, tell a vision, okay. television, yeah. you know, broadcasting, you know, so when you look at TV, you know, it's, it's a great thing. Don't get me wrong. I was watching MotoGP the weekend. I was watching Germany playing football last night. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I watch it, but it also can be very toxic and negative. It can actually change people's whole belief systems, you know, whether it's true or not. Um, so, you know, there's a lot happening in the mind that, you know, is put in your mind as well. Don't forget, you know, um, so yeah, I actually consciously make a decision, you know, not to sit and, and absorb the news all the time, because yeah. I just think I just, I say to Alan, just give me the short version. I really don't want to, because with the knowledge that we have as a hypnotist, yeah. how you're, you can reprogram your mind. And if you tell yourself you're, you're a failure, well, you are a failure in your own mind, or you tell yourself something, but you're being reprogrammed. So I just look at the short version of the news of the updates and, yeah. um, it doesn't mean that I don't care or that I, no. I, I don't have empathy for people mm -hmm. who are going through um, COVID and all of that. But I just yeah. don't want my mind to be, you know, um, poisoned. Well, and that's a great point. You know, um, you know, I'm just as you said, I, I did a lockdown stress buster, which I will link in this podcast as well. I'm going to release it today for people. Fantastic. Well, yeah. I, I put up a post last week, Florence, I'll be honest with you. And it was a meme, you know, a good friend of mine, Stephen, as you know, Stephen, well, you know, yes. he's very good with his um, with his memes and that and the one line thing to get people to uh, think. But the meme was describe how you feel in one word. And it was everything from, you know, horrible, broken, uh, you know, sad frustrated, isolated, and it was just pure, you know, it was just, uh, your heart went to these people, you know. Here's here's the issue I have. Um, so when we are isolated, okay, when we don't have that human contact, when we can't work, what happens is that it lowers our immune system. You know, when, when we have fear in our mind, you know, and I don't fear, to be honest with you, but that's just me. I'm, you know, I understand my mind. I understand how programming works. But what I say to you is, for the people who are there who are terrified of COVID, who are living in fear, that is going to completely deplete your immune level, your system to protect your body, and you have more chance of getting sick. You know, I'm I'm sort of a little bit frustrated that the government isn't doing more like giving out vitamin D and, you know, supplements to help people's immune systems, you know. Yes, yeah. But this constant negativity, it's constant, it's 24-7, you know, every news, you know, every, you know, uh, you go to social media, every news outlet, it's all the same thing. And there are people that are living in their homes and they have, you know, they don't have much else going on yeah. for them, you know, particularly yeah. older people. And they they have the television as their, their one way of keeping yeah. in touch with the world. And, 
you know, being fed right. negativity yeah. constantly is not yeah. giving them any favors. That's the problem is they've been bombarded with this and they probably can't see their grandchildren. They probably haven't seen their grandchildren in, you know, a six Oh my gosh, year. I can't imagine. My parents are both gone and yeah. I'm glad they're not around to actually so, live in this Same world. as that, yeah. And my mom passed away in a nursing home there, yeah. I think nearly, nearly four years ago, I think this year. But I'm relieved to say that she didn't have to go through it, you know, um, you know, God love her. But what I will say is that, you know, anybody, you know, anybody out there you know elderly people that you know of, you know call them talk to them because what's what's really gonna uh, bring these numbers up is people being more prone to infection because of their immune system is weak with fear and dread and you know down and just lost just feeling lost inside you know their body goes into into kind of a you know tightness tension all inside yeah. your organs start yeah. to you know get tight and 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 you feel you can't some people would say about anxiety and, and, and fear around it that they feel they can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. As well, you know, from doing sessions, they people will say all the time to us, Carl, oh gosh, I can feel I can breathe right down now and yeah, yeah. you know, further down. It's all hell in the chest, you see, that sense of yeah. dread, isn't it? And that's a great point you said, you know, um, you know, it's uh yeah, it, it's a crazy time, you know, it really is like I mean, for me it's yeah, I, I mean is the cure far worse than the disease? That's that's my problem, you know. And again, I got this isn't the talk where I'm just talking out, you know, honestly to be honest with you, because um, you know, I'm just talking about how I see it. You know, when I look at the collateral damage that's coming from, you know, protecting people from getting a virus, it doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't, you know. I'm not saying we should let people die, but people die every year. Anyway, I'm going to die. You're going to die. We're all going to die. Um, when I've no idea, but what I'm trying to say to you is, you know, if you know what, it's for me, it's like okay, if if somebody dies in a car crash and then we're all banned from driving, it's like, okay, we have to take some risk. You have to, you know, you have to, you know, it's like when you go down the stairs every morning, you're taking a risk. You know, when yeah, you're in your car yeah. every day, you're taking a risk. Should we ban We're all taking that? a risk in the car, yeah. yeah or but, but, but when, we, when we get in an aeroplane, we take a risk. Yeah. Should we ban, should we ban yeah. all that? Because some people do die, you know, and that's, that's it, you know. And again, my heart goes out to all the people who did die, but a lot of these people would have probably died anyway, underlying conditions and so on. And especially, you know, the age groups you look at as well. And again, I'm not here to say contradict uh, what's been said about COVID. All I'm trying to say is that the damage that's been caused as a side effect of it is, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't, you know, um, people losing their whole, I think 16,000 people are going to be evicted. You know, I, it's doesn't make sense to me, you know, um, but, and it doesn't make sense to a lot of people and there's frustration. And again, that can weaken us, you know, and again, when we feel anxiety, when we feel fear, what's happened is your body's going into fight or flight response, you know, and you, you've talked about this all the time, Florence, you know, so we have what we call a subconscious protective part of our mind. So, you know, if you're crossing the road and you're not paying attention and you get a beep, you get that boom, flush of anxiety will just rush through you to go, hey, pay attention. <laughs> you go, okay. Yeah, that's you to know, protect you, yeah. yeah. to protect you. If you're walking down the stairs and you trip Otherwise, you'd be, you'd be, you yeah. know, you'd be out and you'd be in a, you know, in just a dangerous across, yeah, just across the road without looking yeah you wouldn't care you the know? minute you wake up yeah and it's like when you walk down the stairs and you trip a little bit you get that boom that shock again and that's that's your subconscious mind going hey pay attention here now same thing happens is that you know when we feel anxiety it's not that the subconscious mind is trying to hurt you but it believes that a spider is a life and death situation it believes that somebody's opinion of you or judgment can reject you and ridicule you and it will cause fear you know because again people say to me why do we worry about being rejected well think of it this way we're animals okay we're, we live in herds 
if you're a wildebeest, right, and you're living out in the Serengeti, or I'm not sure where you live, I'm just guessing, but you're living out there somewhere, well, somewhere. where wildebeest live, right? And just say, <laughs> there was, say there's 20 wildebeest, right? And you're in the middle of the group. And someday you're walking up this hill and you stumble a bit and you twist your ankle and you can't continue walking. Will the rest of those wait for you? Will they hold off and wait for a week or two until you repair or will they go off and make sure they get water? Yeah. They, they go off and so, so survival. Survival you know? is yeah. key, yeah. Is, so, is number one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so rather than slow themselves down to get the water, they reject you for yeah. their own survival. And you, we have that same fear, you know? And so that's why we're afraid of other people not liking us and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, social media can be quite toxic as well. I don't get involved in conversations because it's, it's pointless because you're dealing with 10 different perceptions, the 10 different yeah. belief systems, and yeah. everybody's right. And, you know, and, you know, as I always say, uh, as Henry Ford once say, you know, if you believe you're right, you're right. If you believe you're wrong, you're right. Uh, and what that means is whatever you believe you're right doesn't mean the belief is right, but it is you're right. <laughs> so, you know, um, so Florence, how can people find you? You know, uh, what's well, the best way to get in contact with yourself? Well, I'm working online presently. Um, it's all online at the moment, but my clinic is Irish Hypnosis. I'm based in NACE. I have an office in NACE. And I also work out of an office in Dublin, in Dublin 12. So um, I uh, do online work as well. So I'm very happy to work with clients online in this present time at the moment. Well, I was going into it anyway, because for some people, they can't, you know, for distance wise, if they're not in Ireland or parts yeah. of Ireland where it might be hard to get to. So I'm, I'm working online there. So um, I have um, an, an email address. I suppose that's the easiest way. Oh. Irish hypnosis is nice. You will find all my details or um, you can reach me on NACE Hypnosis. That's N-A-A-S Hypnosis at gmail.com. Gmail.com. Fantastic. <clears throat> or through Irish Hypnosis always. So what, what can you do online? Is there any restrictions to what, you know, the people you can help online? We work with everything just as, 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 as successfully. In fact, there's some people I've worked with recently. There's a few young people I've worked with, like teenager groups. And um, I've worked with them recently and they said they would prefer it because they don't like coming in yeah. in person. Yeah. You know, but um, for, you know, we can deal with all sorts of the, the issues with anxiety, stress, relationship, um, the uh, depression. We can do um, weight loss, quit smoking. All of these issues can be dealt with. Yeah, it's interesting you say that, isn't it? Because just as you're saying that, I just put myself in the, <clears throat> the place of a listener. So there are big statements she's making there. You know, we can, you know, deal with depression, anxiety. And uh, not a lot of people have the confidence or the, I suppose, the, uh, the experience to be able to state, yeah, I can help you remove. You're not talking about, I can help you deal with the symptoms of it on anxiety. You're actually talking yeah. about, I can help you remove it. And, uh, yes. and, and again, <clears throat> you know, there might be people out there that find it hard to believe, and I understand that, but it's when you understand how the mind works, you know, as I always say, you know, if you don't understand how something works, you are powerless to control it. Like, yes. you know, I don't understand, uh, let me think, I don't understand electronics, really, you know, like if somebody had me a motherboard and said, technology, put yeah, down. The, the electric on switch, turning yeah. on your light switch. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't need to know how it works. I just know it does work. Yeah. So. Let's say, say you're a car engine, you know, uh, you're driving down, you know, you hear a knocking coming from, and because you don't know the internal workings of an engine, um, I have a bit of an idea about, you know, but because we don't know uh, the internal workings, we're at the mercy of the mechanic to fix it, you know, but all I try to say to you is if we had some awareness of how the engine works, you know, we would become more aware quicker of there's something wrong. And here's the thing, 
if you don't understand how your mind works, you know, and it's not your fault, you've never been told or educated, which is a big shame. But if you don't know how your mind works, well, then you're powerless to control it. And you're at the mercy of other people trying to help it. And for me, again, no disrespect, there's great people out there doing, you know, work, um, counselors, psychotherapists, doctors, you know, for me, the normal route is medication. And you know what, if I fall down the stairs today and hurt my leg, I will take a painkiller. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I do feel that, you know, it's been over prescribed too. you know, it's been used for, you know, normal life experiences. Such anxiety is a normal life experience, you know, um, you know, even depression is normal life experience. You know, it's like people wonder what depression is. It's purely when you lose all your value, you know, and how can that happen? Well, if you're in a relationship or something happens, you're in work, you're being bullied all the time, you can end up depleted of your emotional value you don't want to get up you don't want to go anywhere you don't want to talk to anybody why because everything's a threat to you you know and yes. i know how to get rid of that you know how to get rid of that but it sounds like a big thing and uh, i do appreciate that anyone listening might think and these people are mad thinking you can get rid of depression or anxiety but the truth of it is i've done thousands of sessions so have you we have the results we have the understanding here's the rule of thumb uh, before we finish the rule of thumb for me is <clears throat> that if you are challenged with an emotional state say anxiety uh, yeah, same anxiety and the fear of not being enough. If that is controlled by other people or events happening in your life and it makes it worse, that means it can be resolved because what it means is it's an emotional state that was learned. You know, you weren't born not good enough. You had to learn not to be good enough. So once we can find the, the root cause, we can help people remove it, you know. Yes. Um, have you any advice for people out there, Florence, in these times, you know, so the people who, you know, if you have any words of wisdom in your advice you can give anyone out there, you know, about yeah. mind or how to, you know, how to stay, stay at peace inside. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, if somebody doesn't want to go for sessions of hypnosis, there's little certain ways that you can help yourself as well by like what I said earlier on keeping away from the negativity and the, the updates as you know, to a point where you're not, totally absorbed into it and number two is using your breath when we when we get anxious we tend to hold our breath mm -hmm. and um to do some morning exercises like breathing be consciously aware of your breath and see how far your breathing is going down so you know people come in for anxiety all the time and they they say i can't breathe from there mm -hmm. i have a tightness in my chest yeah. so to work on that if that is something that you you know that you I, I know it can help because I've used the exercise. So breathing in and 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 out and consciously bringing the breath down as far as you can. And also um, a lot of people are not sleeping well with no. the worry of it. Yeah. So listening to something like what you've you've said, you've done, you've recorded um, the the audio for somebody to listen yeah. to, listening to positive an audio or a, you know some type of self hypnosis that we we have in Irish hypnosis we have available and um, listening to that and that can reprogram that's that's enough to reprogram your mind also once it's yeah. done in in you know yeah. when you have some time to yourself away from any distraction listening yeah. to um self-hypnosis and audio from from us can help as well so yeah. and to just be consciously aware of the amount of um negativity that's around and decide in your mind that you're not going to absorb it you're not going to constantly um be play the part in it yeah let's say and that's work. Brilliant advice yeah my yeah. my advice would be similar it would be disconnect from yes. the emotion you know it's you know it's like god forbid they're gonna say so, so many people that died today with coronavirus and that's terrible but rather than letting that 
you know, change your emotional state inside where you feel more fearful or more frustrated. Just ex- listen to the information and disconnect from it. You know, it's yes. still, it doesn't yeah. mean that you're being ignorant or you don't care. What it means yeah. is you're actually protecting yourself, you know. You're protected. We have to protect ourselves in these times, protect yeah. ourselves and our, you know, and be an example to if you have children. Um, I've grandchildren, so yeah. I like to, you know, show them that it's good to, you know, have a positive outlook on things, even if things aren't as we want them to be. Yeah. we can have in our mind um, a good outlook and a good perception. Absolutely. And, you know, self-hypnosis is another great thing that we teach. From, yes. um, so anybody, you know, maybe you feel, well, I don't need to go to a hypnotist. And, you know, but we do teach self-hypnosis, you know, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. I use it quite a lot. And uh, so self-hypnosis really gives you the ability to go into a deeper state of your own emotional mind. And, you know, look back at stuff and rethink about it and reframe it in your mind. And that's a very Refra- And it's like retraining your mind yeah. to think in a different way. It's like we, we, we would go to a, a personal trainer for our body. We need yeah. to train our bodies. Are, our minds are just as important. They're yeah. on the same level, if probably not more in my estimation. But if we retrain and keep our minds um, healthy and functioning well, well, they'll reward us. Our our, bod- our physical bodies will be rewarded. We'll feel a better, you know, energy. We'll we'll put out a better vibe in, in into our younger people as well. That's great, actually, because you started off. The very first thing you said was, you know, when we we're talking about your background, you said, "Well, I sort of had to fake it. I had to convince myself I was good enough." <laughs> yeah. And now we're sort of back at the same thing, and that's a great thing, you know. Um, yeah. Here's the thing for everybody listening, you know. And it might take your head a little bit to get around this, but the subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between imagination and reality. It cannot distinguish which is which. It hasn't a clue, you know, and uh, there's some tests you can do for that, you know, um, to, to prove it to yourself that, you know, you get a physical reaction in your body purely by imagining. And one is imagining putting a bitter lemon in your mouth. We won't do it, but, you know, the, you know, the lemon test. But what that means is that if we can convince ourselves of something is true, our physical body will react to that suggestion as if it's true. So, for instance, you can get somebody to imagine biting into a sour lemon and their face will scrunch up and they'll go, oh, and they get this horrible, bitter taste. Yes. Now, there's no lemon in the mouth, but the body is reacting because it has reference to back to a time when it did eat lemon before and it was bitter and sour. So what we're saying is the that. memory is there, yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying is that, you know, you can convince yourself to that you're happier. You can convince yourself and pretend and imagine it to be true. And what that will do is it'll give your body a physical uplift. You know, when it's an amazing thing, like the difference between the, even the word yes and no, when we say the word no, it's a deflation. When we say the word yes, it raises us up. Yeah. You know, so when we think negatively, you're really poisoning your own mind. You're really destroying your own health. You're putting your mind and body into a state of un- where it's uncomfortable with how it feels, which is a state of this is. Yeah. And if you carry any like grudges or anger, as we know as well, that's a, another day, a whole different mm-hmm. day's work. And um, we, we can have a toxic reaction in our body. But before we finish, Lowe, just I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because you've experienced this. I've experienced it. Uh, most of our clients have experienced this. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the greatest things I've ever achieved in my life, you know, other than I always say my children and all that. But one of the greatest things I've ever achieved was to allow all the hurt, the unfairness, the, in- the injustice, the anger towards everybody who's ever hurt me in my life. Let it go and forgive them, you know, and especially myself. So I did lots of work before where I went back and I let go of the frustration why I didn't like myself when I was, you know, I went back and I, how I missed so many opportunities because I couldn't talk to people. And I went back and I let all that frustration go uh, for everybody that ever, you know, would have affected me, you know, and 
I'm sure I'm on loads of people's lists if they were doing it too. But what I'm trying to Absolutely, say, is, yeah. Well, yeah. isn't it? Isn't it? An, it's a life changing experience. Oh me. my gosh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. letting get it, letting go of the anger. Yeah, really letting go of it is that there's a physical feeling inside of you, and then when you when you have forgiveness, it doesn't mean that you condone if somebody has really been nasty or bad to you that what they did was right. But when you really forgive them, you can actually detach yourself, and it's like unhooking. Yes. something that you carry around so it's it's amazing that's that's well, it's a great it's point. probably one of the most powerful sessions that yeah. we, we do with people isn't it it is and, and it's it's probably one of the most um ones i enjoy most because you know when you have somebody yeah. in, your, in your chair who's probably had a horrible experience with their mother or their father or a school teacher or a, you know a, a sibling even or, or somebody close to them when they're growing up and they've had a lifetime of anger towards that person when you're sitting in the clinic and you're trying and you're explaining to them listen you know we need to let that go to go yeah they understand they need it when you talk about forgiveness they can be there they're going i'm not forgiving them no 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 okay okay that's fair enough so and that's know. understandable you can see the lot yeah. we're not dealing with the logic in in no. the sessions we're no. dealing with the yeah. illogical subconscious mind so okay. by letting it go out of there gives yeah. you all the freedom yeah and isn't a beautiful thing when you can actually just sit down and explain them okay that's fair enough so Basically, what you're saying is you're going to let that person have power over your life for the rest of your life and how you feel. Yeah. And, you know, by forgiving doesn't mean you agree with them or you like them. You never you're never handing to... them the keys to your happiness. Yes. And what we're saying is you don't have to speak to that person ever again. You don't have to like them. You don't have to agree with them. It's not about that. No. What you're doing is you're forgiven to remove the anger that's accumulated up to this moment in your life towards that person. And that's when you see that breathing change in their chest, that all those years of uh, and dread and, you know, people tension. People say, oh my God, I think I look younger. You do. I, I, I've seen it myself. I've seen yeah. people, you know, lose five, 10 years in a session, you know, because yeah. all that anger has gone out of their face. The stress has gone out of their face, you know. But Florence, I could talk to you all day and, you know, I, I really could. I know we do. But you, <laughs> you've got, you've got a, I know you have people to see today, so we'll wrap it up now in a second. Um, sure. It's been an absolute pleasure, Florence. I'd love to get you back on again and uh i'd love to come on again i love yeah. it's my again, favorite subject <laughs> absolutely and nothing like it and just uh one last one before we finish just again how can people contact the club um they can contact me through the gmail account nace hypnosis at gmail.com or through irish hypnosis I, my 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 actual clinic is in nace but you can contact me through the um through the the general number oh. for Irish hypnosis and the Irish hypnosis website which is irishhypnosis.ie you'll see .ie. that's it and yep. uh, I'm going to have a plug myself so anybody who might be interested in learning a bit of hypnosis um, we're starting a new full diploma on the 1st and 2nd of April online of course and uh, so we are now taking people's names down for that so it's an incredible journey you will be qualified to the highest standards with a general hypotherapy standards council accreditation Irish or international hypnosis association accreditation and our own ichi accreditation so it's a beautiful journey i'm doing a course at the moment with 10 lovely people on that so anybody interested at all learning more maybe you want to help people maybe you want to help yourself uh send us a message to ichirland.ie and uh been a pleasure florence thank you so much great thanks carl it was a pleasure talking to you today have a great day. Thank you.